I'm one of the ministers here. It's my privilege to open with you the book of Haggai this evening. Now, don't turn to it quite yet, because we're going to read it in a few moments, but I just thought I'd set the scene and the context a little before we come to this small Old Testament prophecy, uh, which perhaps some of us have never read before. I don't know. Let me start by reading a few verses from 1 Peter chapter 2 in the New Testament. It says this, 1, cha- 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. As you come to him, that is Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You see, the book of Haggai is about a building project, the building project of the temple. And those verses that I just read there remind us that though we might have physical building projects at some point in the life of a church, actually our primary aim is not to build a building, but to be built as people into Christ. I've got a suggestion for you. Tomorrow morning, get on the train from Harpenden Station, just round the corner, the fast one, straight to St Pancras Station. Get off there change onto the Piccadilly line and travel to Russell Square, just one stop, come out the tube station, walk onto Great Russell Street where you'll find the British Museum. Hopefully you have a picture of it. Oh, when you get... uh, There we go. It's so exciting to have the screen back. We're just... Yeah, that's good. Um, There we go, to the the British Museum. Enter that museum and you you need to go and find this artefact here. It's called the Cyrus Cylinder. There it is. Now, Cyrus II was a Persian king who defeated the mighty Babylonian Empire, the same empire that had defeated the Israelites and deported the majority of the inhabitants of Jerusalem in 605 BC to Babylon. Think Daniel and his friends in exile in Babylon, down by the rivers of Babylon, etc., Now, Cyrus was the ruler of these deported peoples. What would he do? How would he treat them? Well, after nearly 70 years of exile, the people uh, of Israel in Babylon, just as had been prophesied, Cyrus made a decree, an edict in 538 BC, declaring that any Jew who wanted to could return to Jerusalem and could start to build the temple again. Ezra 1 to 2, another book in the Old Testament, tells us that 50,000 Jews returned under the leadership of a man called Zerubbabel. Great name. And this cylinder here speaks of Cyrus II. And it speaks of him as being one who allowed deported peoples, exiles, to return to their homeland, just as we read in Ezra. Imagine 70 years of neglect. 70 years with no weeding, 70 years of baking sun and strong winds and storms, 70 years of vandals and looting, a once proud city, 70 years after being sacked by the Babylonian victors who'd returned to make sure that the temple was destroyed 50 years before uh, the return from exile. And imagine that place, and such must have been Jerusalem when the people returned in 538 B.C., not much of a place to return to. I imagine it's how some Ukrainian friends uh, and people will feel about returning to their homeland once this awful war is, please Lord, over. We would understand, wouldn't we, if those who'd settled here 
wanted to stay here. But return, many of the Jews did at that time. And Haggai is a book containing five messages given to the people by the prophet Haggai all in the year 520 BC. And we can be as precise as saying the date of each and every message. For Haggai, dates his prophecies precisely. So three comments just on this book before David comes and reads uh, the first 11 verses of chapter 1 to us. So the first is this, and this is the reason I have that picture, really. This really is history. It really happened. It's backed up by archaeology. We can date the uh, first prophecy to a day, the 29th of August, 520 BC, precisely 2,543 years ago, five months and 24 days. A man called Haggai stood up with a prophecy from the Lord. It's history. It happened. Number two, the message of this book is about rebuilding God's temple. It's in terms of rebuke to the people who hadn't done that. It's an invitation to reflect. It's an encouragement to do so. But all with the theme of putting God first and seeing what blessing flows. And so that's the big picture message from this book. As we're thinking in this second circle about our father and his family, our church family, the call is this, to put God first And for that to be seen in our devotion to his people, like we read about in 2 Peter, each other who are living stones being built into Christ. And then to wait and to see what blessing flows to us as individuals and together as a church family. Then the third comment I have to make is to a few of you, a significant minority of you sat here in this service right now, because shortly some of you will be heading off to Ebenezer Chapel in Luton. Now, the chapel there hasn't quite been sacked by the Babylonians, I don't think, although, although I'm led to believe it's in a, it's in a poor state of repair. Uh, there's lots of work to do. And these five evening services are the last five evening services before you head off and start that church. And so my prayer is that this series, looking at Haggai, might gird your loins for the task ahead. And I pray that amidst the architects and the uncomfortable pews and the dust and the mess, that you might be reminded that our ultimate temple, our ultimate meeting point with God is Jesus. And by extension, his people that he is building as living stones into a holy temple. And may you take great encouragement from these studies in Haggai that your labors in Luton to this end will not be in vain. And that it's worth the pain of leaving. And that it's worth the administrative faff. And it's worth the legal wranglings and the financial cost and the emotional and familial toil. It's worth those things because this is God's building project. David's going to come and read those first 11 verses of chapter 1 in Haggai and then we'll sing a prayer, really, that the Lord would speak to us as we come to his word.